Make it center in the heart. And as much as our thoughts and articles that we dialogue is real, the unseen realm is also real. Welcome everyone to the Online Leaders Club Lead from the Heart for Humanity 2022. Our moderators from various backgrounds, you know, specifically in spirituality and business. And we have gathered together to dialogue about what it means to lead from the heart for humanity. And from in previous um, weeks, we dialogued about various methodologies and tools that we can implement practically centering in the heart and leading and also what does it mean to disagree with amicable you know kindness and french friendliness yes yeah, so today we have an article called how to lead from the heart and what you should do right now by business matters uk leading business magazine any type of dialogue is welcome so the article it says here how to lead from your heart it says know thyself know yourself focus inside yourself it says you are constant in every interaction you have performance reviews 360 surveys by your boss team and peers, awards, certification, complaints, criticism, uh, what are your passion, what do you enjoy doing, uh, how do you get positive feedback, how do you present yourself, even in the emails, what is the words, which is the choices of words you use, both online and offline, the body language, Basically, the more I got to know myself, the more I could be compassionate for others and so on. So, gentlemen, um, what are your thoughts on the importance of knowing yourself in the corporate world, especially when we're guiding the top senior executives? If I may, Kate, um, I really like that the article starts with Know Thyself because this is the first time, and we've discussed a few articles uh, throughout past episodes, but there it is. Start with know thyself. There is no other way to lead from the heart than to connect with your heart and lead from there. So that's exactly where it begins. I was really happy to see it say that. Something caught me in the headline. It said, in these times of uncertainty, and that's just it. The more you connect with your heart, the less uncertainty there is. Because you're not reacting to the world outside in anymore. You are radiating, literally leading by who you are. And that affects everything else that you just listed. How you will communicate, how you will conduct your reviews, how you will set your policies. And as we've discussed before, it's not at all profit versus heart. Leading from the heart leads to greater profit, both short and longer term, if you plan it correctly. So, yeah, this, this article feels like a step in the right direction. It's just the uncertainty goes away. I did want to say uh, what you said about relationships and conflicts. Um, real briefly, 
I've been redefining this and I do a lot of work around couples therapy and I've been redefining the approach because what happens in an argument is somebody wants to win, somebody wants to lose. Nobody likes to lose, so everybody tries to win. And now you're focused on winning and nobody's hearing each other anymore. And you've forgotten you've been playing on the same team anyway. Right? You've just momentarily forgotten that. So instead approaching it as, I am the expert in my feelings and perceptions. Nobody knows me better than me. You are the expert in your feelings and perceptions and nobody knows you better than you. You're the expert in that. So that creates the opportunity for both to be right and either to be wrong and certainly to have a difference of opinion, but not as competitors necessarily, but rather learning from each other and now both have gained. So it's a different way to approach the more difficult conversations. Wanted to share that. And Bill, uh, read your profile, sir. Um, I mean, if anybody knows about leaderships and teams, uh, it's definitely you and I very much look forward to your comments. Thank you for that, uh, Andre. And, and, and I couldn't agree more just, you know, how the, the article leaves off. I think, you know, one of the things focused on with some of the, the clients that we work with and organizations, I think it really you know, in these trying times, depending on where you're at in the world or in the country, you know, your, your level of trying times may vary, whether it's pandemic related, finance, cost of gas, looking for work, not sure if you, what you want to do for work. So I think right now what uh, you find just speaking so loudly is, is our individuals and then individuals seem to be attracted to organizations that have clear authenticity, uh, I think, coupled with vulnerability. So, you know, whether that means um, just, you know, speaking from the heart, it starts there, just like you said, and, and how that translates to a culture of, of being safe from a mental health, mental wellness perspective, and just, you know, loving what you do. I, I think uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, that uh, the way the article starts is great, and you know, wow, it, it can go so many different different ways, and you can get in the weeds in so many great conversations. So, I'm uh, I'm excited to be a part of it tonight, and, and really listen and learn. So, I'm I'm a, I'm a good listener most of the time. And that is one of the first qualities of a true leader: listening. You know, Andre, I, I couldn't agree more with you and Bill about listening. <clears throat> but, but one of the elements that seems to be missing from time to time is how we listen. Are we listening from our heart or are we listening from all too often, which seems to happen from our own biased viewpoints? Um, you know, if, if we listen from our heart, you know, and for me, what, if I'm listening from my heart, that means to me what I'm hearing is it for the greater good to accomplish the greater goal. I mean, goals obviously, I, I think, have some real value. But, you know, when I'm looking at a goal, it's not necessarily a specific number. It's not necessarily the bottom line, but it's how better we can serve because then that's going to take care of everything else. 
people write mission statements all the time. But, you know, are they just for looks? You know, they are they to impress something? But do you really run your business? Do you really make your decisions based on what your mission statement is? And there's some great mission statements out there. But when you step back and look at how the company's performing and what they're doing, you just scratch your head because there's an incredible um, gap between what they're doing and where they are. So I think the key here is how do we get the shift into listening with our heart instead of just our head and our, and our own bias? And that too takes knowing where you're listening from and how does your body react when a certain concept that you get triggered or you, you in general gets triggered based on the cognitive biases that I may have hold, held before. Well, there was an incident three days ago, I'll tell you in a story format, I did post a political uh, matter at the Stanford Graduate School of Business uh, lead platform, and it caused some ripple, meaning ruffle some feathers. And you know, people, some of people asked me to take the post down based on the explanation that is rather. Um, not yet thoroughly researched and so i did not take the post down rather i explained if we're leading we must you know walk the talk and gave some ideas about how to do that that includes leading doing everything with love and kindness and so even in the online space, whether it's verbal or non-verbal, there is a way we can present ourselves in a way that includes everyone's opinion, especially when things are bubbling up like a volcano and be, be center, staying in the center, make decisions wise decisions i think this is a another level of leadership where you don't get bothered or impacted by people's strong request uh, but because knowing yourself <laughs> you have this reserve why you did it and why why you not what why not to do things yeah so may i ask you by when you know yourself you know yourself and your value and your power um how does that help you make challenging decisions in your life well i'll tell you um before i make important decisions before i do anything important even something like entering this room uh, and also, like, you know, we always remember the triggers in hindsight, and none of us are perfect. We have our moments when we're perfectly centered and perfectly in the heart, and we have moments when we fall out of it. The challenge is to keep catching ourselves earlier and earlier and interrupting that process. 
And I use the same technique in all three situations. Um, it's very simply just to put two fingers on your heart chakra. Sometimes it helps to like roll them in a little uh, slow circle just on the balls on the fingertips. And then meet that point with your awareness from the inside. And then just breathe back and forth in and out through that spot. You know, I practice this for a few minutes. I do like a couple sittings a day, three minutes each. I practice it throughout the day. So when I need it, I don't need three minutes. I just need three breaths and I'm there. And the body knows kind of recenter and okay. And whatever's going on, whatever's being said, it just causes me to pause and integrate sort of before I respond. And here again, it's what I spoke to earlier. We can live our whole life reacting to the outside world or, and this is leadership. You can start to radiate from the inside out. First connect with who you are and then radiate who you are. And if you do that from a heart centered place, you cannot make mistakes. You can have learning experiences and cortex adjustments along the way, but trust that you cannot make mistakes if you're coming from that place. And that's the uncertainty that I spoke to earlier. Yeah, I appreciate that, uh, Andrea. You know, some of my colleagues um, kind of reference to your, you know, your your strategic or your your chosen, you know, three minutes, uh, you know, tapping uh, is, is one. That some colleagues, you know, I know have have uh, utilized uh, with individuals they work with. I know for us, it's it's really um, a, a mindful. Um, approach to having uh, various statements already prepared. So, you know, we, uh, with some of the student athletes that I work with, uh, we have our joy statements, we have composure, confidence statements, uh, we have influence statements. And so those are always in their backpack, so to speak. So, you know, in, in a competition setting, uh, uh, when, you know, when doubt presents itself or irritation, frustration, whatever the moment, um, you can quickly, you know, grab uh, those statements and, and that kind of gets you back to balance, whether you feel yourself, you know, at too high of a level, like you think things are so great, you start to kind of lose your balance, you can, you can bring yourself back or the opposite. If you find yourself, you know, from a, uh, emotional state where you might have feelings of anger, or frustration, or, you know, doubt, uh, you can quickly you know, one, two, three, four word statements that, that bring it back to that balance and allow you, you know, and they're kind of your triggers that gets you recentered and focused uh, on the moment. So, you know, and, and what I love about what you brought up, Andre, and, and I'm sure Ron and Kate uh, and others have, you know, whatever works for you, again, back to the very beginning, if it's authentic and you believe in it, it it's so powerful. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a, I need a 30 minute getaway. Uh, it can be 30 seconds. It can be 15 seconds. It can be a minute or two. So I think that's, there's a lot of power in that. There's no doubt. Ron, do you have some kind of uh, daily practice that helps you recenter and come from that heart centered place? 
you know, Andre, I actually have a couple that I use. One that I've that just started using more recently um, is I'll take three breaths, but I breathe in through my entire body. Um, you know, there's various exercises where you can breathe in through your heart, uh, but I just experienced some here in the last few weeks where the exercise was to breathe in through your entire body. And three of those, it just shifts my energy that quickly in three breaths. Um, there, another technique th that I like to use is I ask myself a couple simple questions, especially when my energy's gotten away from me. I've gotten, I've gone off track um, <laughs> down some rabbit hole. And once I realize that, I ask myself, are you smiling? Are you having fun? Are you happy? Are you feeling love? And by the time I ask those four questions, again, I can feel that shift. Now, when I ask myself, are you smiling? Well, I kind of almost chuckle and laugh to the point where, yeah, now I have a big smile on my face. And then the fun, the happy, and the love just seem to rush in and support that. Um, in fact, I I even have gone to the point where those little three, four questions, I'll actually put post-it note, post notes beside my computer. So every once in a while, I'll just glance up there and start from the top and go down, and I can, you know, just feel a shift. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Kate, how about you? Yes, I'm feeling the shift right now as I breathe in and out. Let me welcome Alexander to the stage and love to hear from you, Alexander. Hello. Thanks for having me up here. Um, just like Bill was saying, having these little uh, things you repeat to yourself, these little phrases. I have some... Um, compassionate thoughts that I like to use every once in a while to invoke my heart center aside from my um, loving kindness practice that I do um, quite often. Uh, so a few of them go like this um, and they're pretty good altogether so I'll just read them all. Uh, everyone makes mistakes in everyday life big and small. Even I have made mistakes that I have come to regret. These are all just misunderstandings and acts due to the lack of full awareness. Just as I want to be happy, everyone else in the world wants to be happy. May I realize that we all have mishaps on the road to true happiness, and in realizing this, may I give myself and others a break so that we can have the space in which we can learn to live a more peaceful and joyful life. And I feel like if you contemplate on these throughout the day, um, it does create more space and more um, awareness. Thank you. Yes, thanks for that too, Alexander. It's practical. Um, Andre, did you want to say something, huh? First of all, thank you for your beautiful words, brother. And I was just curious how about how long have you been doing this practice? And what shifts have you noticed in your life since you've adopted it? Well, loving kindness is my main practice and um, everyone has noticed that I have gotten a lot softer in my energy 
and um, everyone says I have less anger. I used to be like a really angry person, and now I just I'm just more more blissful and uh, joyful around others. People say it rubs off on them. Wow, beautiful. Where did that agitation come from in the past? Was it um, fear-based, perhaps, uncertainty? And now it's replaced with, like you said, bliss. How, like, how would you describe the transformation? Well, I come from a hard um, upbringing of uh, domestic violence and uh, my dad leaving when I was two and bullying and uh, some other things, past relationship traumas. And um, uh, when I started coming into meditation and other philosophies and, and spirituality and religion in general, then I started my path to healing and um, coming into greater awareness. Yeah, I wanted to hear it in your own words. And correct me if I'm wrong, what you just described, and I'm sorry for everything you had to go through, brother. Before it was outside in, and you had to learn to be protective. You had to learn to be reactive, you, you, right? It's only natural. So fear, I don't say mean weakness when I say fear, but exactly that. You had to learn to be alert with the world outside in. And now it's exactly inside out. It feels like... I kind of felt that intuitively, but I wanted to hear it from you, but it was exactly this outside into inside out shift. Yes, I, I treat, um, I don't like to say like I'm a victim or like I'm a survivor. I like to think of it as I'm a student of my past traumas and I'm, I'm growing from them and um, helping others on the way. Yeah, I feel the love in your voice. Thank you for sharing so vulnerably. Um, yeah, I'm curious, Ron, your practices, you, you said you shift as you read them, right? Um, it's, it's, it's instantaneous. Um, this, this idea of shift keeps coming up and Bill with, with the words that you practice. Yeah, shift. It's being able to shift from what the outside world is making us feel and vibrate at and then think and make our decisions at that level or coming back to that center and know, you know, I have this greater connectedness, this greater awareness, and I'm really feeling pulled to do this and then trusting that. And that's exactly how, in my experience, the best decisions, the best leadership decisions, business decisions get made is when you make them from that centered place. You know, Andre, coming from the inside out, it's kind of interesting that you you've explained it that way, because without realizing it, that's that's what's happened to me over, I would say, the last last few months, especially I've withdrawn from the illusion that's taking place in the outside world. Now, I don't mean to belittle the violence and you know people that are suffering and things like that but i would get to a point where truthfully at the beginning of the whole pandemic thing i got sucked into the fear i lost about three or four months i was in so much fear 
you know, worried about what was happening, what was going to happen next. And, you know, how bad was this situation really? Because there was obviously more there than we were being told. And, and it was just like, in, in retrospect, I was frozen in time for about three or four months where I, I can't tell you anything that I accomplished. That's how strong the fear was. And as I slowly began to withdraw um, and, and, and withdraw from that outside news, from from that bombardment and all that stuff, and I was able to withdraw into creation, into into focusing on what I wanted to cr create, what I needed to create, what my clients needed to create, you know, getting them to again do the same type of thing withdraw all your attention from from that that uh, vibration that'll just bring you down and really consume you and put that energy towards what you want to build how do you want to grow where do you want your business to be um how how are you going to move forward with your personal life because it doesn't matter what's going on out there we still have a path we still have a direction, things that we're here to accomplish. And once we realized that, or at least once I realized that, I was able to step away more and more from what's going on in the world and focus more on what I wanted to create. And the more I was able to do that, the more I found, found myself becoming centered. And the more I became centered, I started finding, I'll call them idiosyncrasies. I'd have an issue, a problem I was trying to solve, something I was working on trying to overcome. Um, and, I, and I basically put that out and just would let it go. And usually within a day or two, sometimes less, I would get the information on where or how or what the actual solution was to that situation. And, and these are just intuitive bursts of information that just randomly come. So it's helped me to become more and more aware of what's going on inside of me and less and less aware of, of what's happening in the world. I realize I can't control the world. And this is one of the things I really work on with my clients is we can't, you can't fear and worry about what you can't control. You know, you can be aware of it. But focus on what you can control. Focus on what you can do, what you can create, and do it in a positive way um, to help achieve your goals, to help move your life forward and overcome your obstacles. So it's been it's been a combination for me. And as I am I've become more in tune, I've been able to shift and accomplish a lot more just in these past few months than I had in the past probably 15 months personally. And by doing that, I'm also able to give a little different perspective to my clients to help them do the same thing. Um, let's not wait for something to happen. Let's not wait for someone to come riding on a white charger and save us. We're here to save ourselves. We're here to save our business, to move our life forward and our business forward. We're the ones responsible, not the government, not what's happening in you know some far off land. Um, you know, there, there's, you're the miracle. You got to understand that you have to create and make it happen. So that shift from within without is something that's been very noticeable for me. And it's, it's really made a big difference in um, my calmness, 
that I'm dealing with much less fear. Um, the point you made earlier, Andre, about catching yourself uh, more quickly and not let yourself go down that rabbit hole. You know, all these things I'm finding I'm, I'm, I'm better able to handle. So, you know, it excites me. I'm passionate about it because I could see things happening, you know, good things happening in my life that are just unfolding on, I, I don't want to say a random basis, but they're unfolding without me putting a lot of effort into it other than intention. So it's, you know, it's, it's a dynamic that excites me. It has me centered. And that's, that's something I'm really passionate uh, in sharing with people. Yes, great point, Ron. Mm, I believe fear is an illusion that sometimes we can subscribe to without knowing it. In this article, it says, be courageous and hence vulnerable. And courage is about doing something dangerous or facing pain or opposition, putting yourself out there. That, that is what leadership is for me, you know, putting yourself out there, like Joan of Arc, trying new things, risking making a mistake. What is a mistake anyway? Looking silly, feeling uncomfortable, that's okay. I, I approve myself. Like you can say, I approve myself. I'm moving forward despite the fear. Um, earlier, someone mentioned, one of our speakers mentioned about, um, oh, it slipped my mind. Um, let me go back to the article risk doing it wrong and give feedback. So earlier, the story I shared with you about the post I made at Stanford uh, about seven days ago, uh, lots of people, uh, op opposition, uh, but, but here's what I did, you know, I transcended what is right and wrong based on people's opinion of what is right post, what is wrong post and stayed center and knew that this is a, you know, work of play. We're playing it with life. Uh, and I learned significant amount of uh, insight from this incident. And our team uh, called, did a conflict resolution call and we, our team is closer and we agree to disagree with kindness. So I think all in all, being courageous and being vulnerable opens up to the deeper layer of why people do things, what is the intention, and the conclusion is that everybody means well for the team. Well, I'd like to welcome Fatih. Um, Fatih is a phenomenal healer. And Fatih, what are, what are your thoughts about courage and being vulnerable in the leadership uh, concept in the business world. Hi, Kate. Thank you. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, vulnerability requires courage. You know, it's one and the same thing. Uh, you know, it, it takes for a man lots of courage to be vulnerable, to be in this divine feminine energy. And I'm experiencing it right now, the, the, the way we connected the last times, Kate, and when we, we did this exchange, you know, it requires for a man lots of courage, you know, to be vulnerable. So, um, and right now what Ron just talked about, I couldn't listen to everything. Um, you know, it's like focusing on our own stuff. Yes, but there is this one thing that I am personally going through now. You know, and many such as I who go through, that is the fear of abandonment, is being alone. It's because we were born maybe 
uh, with a, a different path, different journey, you know, uh, as a highly sensitive person or an empath. And we all know how the childhood goes, you know, because we are very different, the black sheep of the family or the scapegoat, you know, who breaks the generational curses. And if uh, if I didn't know who I was, so I became attached to my parents, to my uh, uh, family or my ancestral lineage, because it's that's where I'm coming from. But at the same time within, I don't feel well. I say, you know, I feel within myself, I don't belong here. So I need to step out and go on this journey and path, you know. And earlier or later, we're going to face, or I'm facing this fear of abandonment. So that's why emotionally we hold on you know on on certain people doesn't matter if they are beneficial for us or harmful at least i'm not alone you know there's this plan b escape if it doesn't work uh, i i just go back but it's not going to work out whether we step into our uh, uh, potential and into our life path and uh, take responsibility for our lives integrate the shadow, the good side, the bad sides, you know, and express ourselves in a very authentic way. And when we are alone, you know, in order to get there, we need to get rid of this fear of abandonment. Otherwise, our attention, our energy will be pulled back again, you know. And uh, I guess we talked, uh, Kate, last time, it's the upper back, the fear of abandonment. Uh, Like, I'm almost over it, really, because I can sense it. And uh, but I heard also last week, which I didn't mention, and I don't need to bring it up in this room, but briefly, when uh, my mom was pregnant with me, uh, they took medication to get rid of me, abortion. When I heard that, I was shocked. So I still survived. I still made it, you know, but there's this feeling, okay, if your parents didn't want you because of life situation, circumstances, then who's left? So it's for me, the creator, the universe. It's the earth is my mother, you know, the, the creator is my father or everything. It's um, after I heard this message, you know, I was like shocked in a way, but it set me also free. You know, they say the truth shall, uh, shall set you free, but it comes with this uh, sacrificing cost with the, the truth hurts, you know, knowing this. But somehow I surrendered to it. You know, I still survived and I made it so far right now, you know, 43 years now. And I'm going to continue with it. So, um, yeah, Kate, I don't know. I don't want to take too much space here and time. You know, it's. Uh, I hope this was helpful. I'm still in this room and continue to listen. But uh, that's what I have for now. Thank you. Brother Fatih, thank you for being vulnerable first and foremost. That took courage. Vulnerability comes from the heart, back to know thyself, where we started this conversation. Courage, we know, comes from the heart. It all keeps pointing to the heart. I I can help you with this fear of abandonment, and it's very real. I mean, particularly in your situation, but we all have it inbred in us, because in older times, to be abandoned by the tribe meant certain death, ejection from the tribe was the worst of punishments. So it's bred into our DNA, it's natural. But here's, this is it. Abandonment comes from needing our validation from without, from other people. 
when we connect to our heart, when we develop that love first within ourselves and for ourselves, it's exactly in line with the entire conversation of, of this evening, which is instead of reacting outside in, making that shift, radiating inside out, the same can be done with validation, and that's exactly how you lick fear of abandonment. The validation comes from inside instead of relying on others outside for it. And these, these patterns I, I know really well, brother. I know really well I was the same way growing up, which is why later in my relationships I ended up with narcissists. Like, um, I totally get it, but that's just it. The validation has to come from within first. And here's the beautiful part. Nobody's saying instead of, like, oh, I'll never get it from outside, so I have to learn to give it. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. When it starts there first and radiates out, you start to attract into your life a totally different caliber of people. And then there is no fear of abandonment. And this is, this is again, that certainty we keep coming back to. When you make that shift outside, in, that's reacting. Inside, out, radiating out. Ron, you spoke of this so eloquently and so beautifully. That is exactly creating. The opposite of reacting is creating. And when you realize you are co-creating, the uncertainty goes away. The fear goes away. The anger goes away. That's, this is exactly it. All of that goes away when you shift to the inside. There's only one thing I would like to add to what I've heard so far. Um, Ron mentioned uh, that you know there are things in the world that we cannot control. So this is to a Harvard study in a peer-reviewed journal, an investigation into the field effects of consciousness. And the thing is, yes, yes, yes to everything we've said so far, but also, did you know that your internal state actually does create an electromagnetic field that vibrates out just like radio? And yes, it does have effects. This has been tested in Lebanon in the 1980s, in Yugoslavia in the 1990s, in 24 different cities around the world, and they keep coming up with the same results. So yes, independent research groups have verified the results. So this, this is no longer mysticism and woo. You know, we're talking hard science from Harvard University. Yes to everything we're doing on the immediate, you know, field, yes, but also being in that state more, making that shift every chance you get, it literally is affecting the outside world. Like they're studying this stuff and they're getting pretty consistent results. So that's just a byproduct of doing this work on ourselves to make ourselves more effective as leaders. It also does have, have a very real and measurable resonance effect. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, that, that's very exciting. Let's keep that uh, post up there, Andre. Lovely to have you know add, have you added this dimension into this uh, room. Thanks for that, Andre. And Dr. Uh, Ernest, uh, welcome. I met you at uh, Rinpoche Shayerpa's room, and we were talking about the book. Uh, on joy. So welcome, doctor. Yes, Dr. Ernest, would you like to share something, your insight? Oh, yeah, there, there are two, hey, a peace and blessings to all of you. Um, you know, the topic, you know, this, this, the initial topic, you know, kind of got my attention, but also, you know, anything about transcendental meditation, 
I'm 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 a, a long-term meditator um, uh, over 40 years, and the the Phil project that I participated in as a meditator was the project in Washington D.C. And no, we didn't go around and spread love. We just meditated in the morning. <laughs> we meditate meditated in the evening, and the 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 data was independently gathered not by any people involved with meditation you know it was independently done and that's the way these projects have been done which is really really very powerful in my other role in my other life as a clinical researcher in a medical medical school and also um, one of the people who had the privilege of also vetting projects for the NIH there's been more than a handful of there's just just good projects looking at the impact of not I'm not going to say meditation because we say that but most projects there's very few real great scientifically vetted projects using meditation there is many using one form of meditation transcendental meditation um, there's there is you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of projects and you know I feel good that I was involved with some of those projects looking at the short and long-term effects of meditation on the reversal of heart disease and you know normalizing blood pressure but the one project that I love was um, folks who came into the protocols who were already age 65 and who were African-Americans who were 65 and older that age where life expectancy was not too much further than that of course the method you know TM normalized heart and blood pressure but three and four and five and six years later nearly a hundred percent of the meditators were still living compared to the usual stuff that the docs were doing. So I just wanted to thank you, Andreas, you know, for bringing that up. There is um, an interesting discussion about um, these projects tomorrow online, where um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the leaders of the organization are talking about the impact of using, do, doing these kind of studies um, and looking at the impact on populations. I'm, I'm convinced that there's something for real there. It's, it's, it's real science. It's not quackery. It's not hearsay science. You know, there's a lot of, lot of vetting that went on to do these things. But coming back to what brought me into here, okay? Uh, you know, we're talking about leading from the heart. You know, I mean, leadership from the heart. And, and when I saw that, I thought, well, whose heart is this? Okay, is it my heart? You know, we all, we all, me included, I come loaded with my judgments. <laughs> I come loaded with my opinions, okay? I come loaded with my, my biases. I come loaded with my prejudices. Not, not racial prejudice. I, you know, it could be any kind of prejudice. I don't like br Brussels sprouts. I mean, I'm prejudiced against those things. You know, so I come loaded with all of these things. I come loaded with my J-bobs, you know, my judgments, 
you know, my beliefs, my opinions, and my perceptions, and my prejudices. And those are the things that reflect my heart, you know, no matter, it, they reflect all of our hearts. So for me, where I've been for the last three years solidly is interjecting a question, you know, and it's, it's a question that I've used to, to get me out of my head, to get me out of my J-Bobs. And I thought, well, who could I ask to be my advisor? You know, who, who would I yield a question to about something that I was engaged with? you know, to see if I can get beyond my heart and my head. And so I've been going with this question about what would God do about this? You know, just what would God, how would God advise me, you know, to get out of myself, to get beyond my heart, my head, and, and witness with myself what answers would be there, you know, and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's, we all, we all got our, we all got that subconscious stuff that we do and it happens so automatically for all of us, you know, and it, it's, it's deep work that we have to do to get beyond that, that human condition, you know, the conditioning and the beliefs and it's deep work that we have to do. And, but it's possible, you know, it's all maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's possible for all of us to get beyond there. And, and it's not about transcending, but to transmute all of the stuff that's out here, you know, to really find that heart that's bigger, that beats that stronger, that connects us, if you hear what I'm saying, you know, and I think that's what, what this, this meditative thing is all about, you know, this perspective of really going, finding you know, the energy and consciousness, you know, and, and it's just new for us all. This is new thought, thought is new language, it's new conversations, and, and, uh, and it's always good. There's no right, there's no wrong. And I sometimes think about where we are, if you can imagine that there's a bus, and it's, maybe it's a school bus, and people are getting on this bus. They don't see the driver, you know, and everybody gets on and, you know, and some people are, are standing and holding on, but they, they can't see the driver, but they hear the, the, the doors close and the bus speeds away and it's all over the road. <laughs> and we're thinking who, and excuse my language, who in the hell is driving the bus? <laughs> You know, and there's a voice that gets on and says, listen, I'm only 12 years of age, but I'm figuring it out as I do it. You know what I mean? And I think that's where we are. We have to acknowledge that we're figuring this out, this consciousness, how to tap in there, how to get beyond all the stuff that's holding us, you know, steady to our pains and and our anguish and our guilts and our shames and our ill feelings. We're trying to work it out as we're doing it, if you, if, if you hear me. So that's what I was thinking as, as I came into the room and I appreciate that. I hope I made some sense. Peace and blessings to all. <laughs> you made wow. all. Yeah. <laughs>
Dr. Ernest, thank you for sharing that. Yes, go ahead, Andre. What a deep honor. Like here we are quoting a study and in the room happens to be one of the participants. I mean, this is an example of this kind of synchronicity because we've been talking about the heart and talking about heart-centered leadership for uh, this entire hour. I mean, that is synchronicity. That is not coincidence. I just wanted to point that out. And Dr. Ernest, thank you so much uh, for what you shared. This is, uh, yeah, this is, this is at the core of what we've been getting at, the know thyself, the question that we began this conversation with. Um, because when we say know thyself, and this is what you inevitably discover as you go deeper and deeper into the heart, I'll give you a sneak peek. It's a, you know, it's a very individualized journey, but I'll give you a sneak peek. We're not talking about when we say know thyself, we're not talking about the you that is the skin encapsulated, uh, ego defined perception of you. No, that's not the you you get to know. And that's just it. That's when we move from that mode of reacting to creating internal validation instead of external, it's creating. When we, when we talk about finding the divinity within ourselves, it's exactly connecting to that creative nature. That's, that's exactly it. Whatever your word for God is, source, uh, universe, nature, evolution, like they're all descriptions of the same creative force. So you are connected to the divine. You are in spirit. You are inspired when you are creating. And that's just it, you know, I'm not just talking in the artistic sense. I mean, yes, of course, the creative arts, music, writing, creating um, books, literature, film, media, whatever it is you're creating, not even that, creating, building businesses, building um, enterprises, solutions, right? Um, this is all utilizing that creative force, and that is exactly leadership. Instead of going outside into inside out, that is going from reaction to creation that is connecting to your divine nature. That is what I believe know thyself truly mm -hmm. means. Yeah. Thanks, Andre. Thanks, Fatih, for sharing your vulnerable story earlier as well. Alexander, thanks for joining us. And thanks, Ron and Bill. Thank you. And Dr. Ernest, thank you too. We're approaching the top of the hour. We have about two minutes to introduce ourselves and how people can get in touch with us when you've decided to collaborate with uh, independently uh, any of us. So I would like to give this time to our moderators who have spoken at our podcast, Life of Emerald podcast, advocating for mental health for the global audience silently suffering from stigma, and this opportunity to share. So, Bill, would you like to go first? How do we get in touch with you? If Thanks, Kate. Um, well, on my uh, information there, here on the Clubhouse page, uh, there's a few different, you know, the easiest way is to uh, visit our website, www cosma.fit uh cosma because you know the world loves acronyms is cannot scheme mental health um but you can you can check us out there and definitely set a time uh on our calendar to connect and you know and for me i, I just kind of i don't want to miss this opportunity being you know part of this room kate 
we connected two weeks ago. I was on your podcast. It was great. But just, you know, Dr. Ernest, it was awesome uh, just hearing you talk for that that quick minute. Uh, very enlightening. Andre, uh, I love the depth and, and, you know, perspective that you bring. Uh, Ron, the rest of the group, I know I can't name everybody, but it was great for me to be a part of this. You know, my world is really around working with not-for-profit, at-risk youth, and then balancing that with working with athletic departments and student athletes. So a lot of this for me is great mindfulness and uh, kind of brings kind of, you know, in that in the rough world that I tend to live in at times, um, and rough not by dangerous, but just the challenges of, you know, there's a perception how you should be in sports and stuff. Um, uh, I, I love what I heard and learned today. So visit us. We are on a mission to to connect and, and impact um, the suicide uh, issues that are presenting themselves, especially in the states around with student athletes, um, the mental fitness, the mental health challenges uh, for our student athletes. We, we want to cast our net from coast to coast. So I look forward to more opportunities to learn, Kate, and website's the easiest way, and I know I talk too long. So I hope everyone has a great evening, and, and I look forward to learning more. Thanks, thanks, Bill. And and Ron, how, how do we contact contact you, Ron? Uh, the easiest and most direct way is just send me an email. It's ron at goldentrailcoaching.com. It's the easiest email you'll ever remember. Ron at goldentrailcoaching.com. I also, you can also reach me on LinkedIn. Just put my name in the search bar and it'll come up. And in my about page, I do have a calendar. If you want to schedule a you know free 30-minute session, we can just sit down and talk over a cup of coffee and you know just see you know what we might be able to do. Um, so thanks everyone. Uh, thanks, Ron. We've collaborated since last year. Really value your work as well. And ha nice to have you, Bill, as an addition to our team. And Andre, how do we contact you? The best way to get in touch with me is tantricawakening.net. Uh, that lists all of my social profiles if you scroll down. And uh, you can connect on whichever platform you use the most. Also lists some of the upcoming events that I'll be speaking at. and. Yeah, my, my thing's energy. My, I work with meditation and Tantra and I help people become more aware of their energy and how to apply it in the outside world. And um, Some people call that magic, some people call that a science that we're just barely beginning to discover. Um, I'm not sure what to call it, I just know that it works. <laughs> um, so thank you everybody for uh, listening in. It's been an absolute delight to share with you today. Andre, we cannot put you in a box because you're ancient. Thank you for being here. And Fatih, how about you? How do we contact you? Um, yeah, the webpage uh, is www.turan-therapy.com. It's also on my profile or through Instagram. And um, yeah, it's upgrading right now. It's in the last days. Um, of uh, you know i'm i learned i i um learned new courses i took new courses you know i created my own method of medical intuition ancestral lineage analysis and ancestral lineage clearing 
these are the stuff that are uh, that are currently not on my web page and it's going to be upgraded very soon um yeah the link is on my profile and uh thank you so much uh kate and everyone else for creating this room thank you yes super super welcome and how i can be contacted is through instagram life of emerald underscore this is a community page we're collecting mental health advocates to speak on our podcast and i am a specialized in bipolar integration coaching yeah so if you like to get in touch with me uh, insta message me or email me lifeofemerald at gmail.com and i'm active on linkedin so really grateful for your presence and next week i'm setting intention to go deeper on the dialogue we had today thank you gentlemen and ladies